Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And guys, I'm really excited today. Um, oh, oh, man. Okay, sorry. I had, I had some fudge earlier, and I, I'm kind of worried. I think it may have been a bad batch oh, no. of it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Uh, no. You're uh, welcome. I'll be here all day. Oh, yeah. Boy. Oh, boy. We're already starting 2023 <laughs> off uh, with a... Uh... With the bad know, batch bang. Of, yeah, uh, with the bad batch of puns. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's 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 good to be back with you guys. We're we're here to review the Bad Batch season two. Uh, the the premiere uh, is out right now. Uh, as if you're listening to this on uh, the release date uh, when we're dropping the episode, the uh, the series uh, season two has kicked off. I'm excited. We're we're gonna be talking about the premiere during this episode. That's episodes one and two. But um, stay tuned after the episode uh, for a, a spoiler-free impressions of the rest of the season. Uh, Lucasfilm has sent out reviewers uh, the first 14 episodes of the 16 episodes in season two. So we haven't seen the finale, um, but we have seen the rest of the show. Don't worry. As we review this this season, we will be spoiler-free mm-hmm. for future episodes. So you do not have to worry. Any speculation we might have... Um, is purely kind of what we 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 took notes as we were watching this, right? As we were you know, watching the, through the episodes for the first time, we took notes, and so any speculation we might have is is purely based on where our mindset is there, and not necessarily not it would, will not ever uh, spoil what might be to come unless it was something we were already thinking as we were watching it live, right? So yeah. don't worry, we're not going to spoil anything. Uh, we're still going to try to have some fun speculation. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. We, don't, we will not spoil anything though for you guys. Well, we are reviewing the first two episodes, so technically, if you have well, those will be episodes, spoiled. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the yeah, reviews for the, for the current week haven't. will be fully spoiled, as always. Right. But for right. future episodes that have not aired yet, don't worry, we're going to be keep you spoiler free. So yeah. we will, we might discuss what various options of what could happen, uh, or or theories we had as we watched the episode or for the first time. But don't worry, we won't won't uh you know any any speculation about future episodes may or may not actually happen <laughs> i guess yeah to say. so so just yeah. just basically think it's going to be spoiler free except for the episode you're listening to now because yep. we are going to be getting into the episodes uh season one and two but william is there any news reviews anything you want to lead off with before we get into the show yeah w- one more quick note uh, on the bad batch um the uh, Lucasfilm actually did something unusual, and just sending out most of the episodes early. They actually released the uh, air dates and episode titles for all of the upcoming uh, episodes in the series, which is exciting to see. So I'll, I'll read those off. If you, if you don't want to even hear the episode titles, just skip forward like a minute, and we'll get into our review of the of the premiere. Um, but uh, or actually, you know what? Let's save this for the end. How about that? Well, we'll save I, this I for the we end. Should. When we talk about our our, our 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 impressions yeah. of the rest of the season, we'll also go through the episode titles at that point. So, sorry, change this slight change of plans. We're gonna move this to the back. Um, but uh, yeah, I think 
I'm, I'm excited to go through this. And it's nice that Lucasfilm's already put out the uh, the the air dates. The, the big thing to know is that the last few episodes of the season will actually overlap with The Mandalorian Season 3. So we're going to be having The Bad Batch and The Mandalorian at the same time for about a month. Uh, and then The Bad Batch will end. We'll have another month or so of, of Mando. So with that, Tom, what are we going to be discussing today? So nice to be Star Wars fans in the coming year, I'm telling you. But for right now, we're going to be viewing Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 1, Spoils of War. This part of the two-part episode was directed by Stuart Lee and written by Jennifer Cor- Corbett. And the release date was going to be, is January 4th, 2023. The episode for this one reads, or the synopsis is, months have passed since the events on Camino, and the Bad Batch continue their journey navigating the Empire after the fall of the Republic. They will cross paths with friends and foes, both new and familiar, as they take on a variety of thrilling mercenary missions that will take them to unexpected and dangerous places. Now, if I remember correct, we saw some of this celebration, correct? We did, yeah. The, the beginning of this episode was shown to uh, attendees at the Bad Batch panel at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, you know, I, I, what did, Stephen, like, we can go start you off first what did you think of this the first half of this this two-parter i mean it was a solid episode like it, it's been i i didn't re-watch bad batch kind of going into it so there's a little bit of like paging of like what was the last thing that happened i remember camino what else was going on at the beginning and the it kind of leaps straight back into it you know the crew is still together um they i think they painted their armor since we've last seen them if mm-hmm. I yeah it looks like they are different yep um, and they're kind of still running mercenary missions out of it's Ord Mantel, I think, right? I don't remember if there's a yep. planet name on the screen. Yep, you're correct. Um, but honestly, the first thing that struck me with this episode is, is like I forgot how beautiful Star Wars animation can be. Like the this idyllic water like oasis planet was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mm, I I totally agree. It's it's the the animation in and the visuals in this episode. The lighting, everything uh, in the premiere is just outstanding, uh, and actually, that you know, that goes to, that holds true for the entire season. Um, mm-hmm. And let's uh, see, that's not that's not a spoiler to say, you know. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, it, it's visually really interesting. I think the I was personally very excited at the end of season two, we where we got you know the the destruction of Camino, the the clones really being switched over to the stormtroopers, right? Um, uh, Crosshair even was, was, remember he was stranded on Camino, Uh, and then at the very end we got that hint, that little tease of Mount Tantus, and that was so exciting because you know that's where, um, that's where like the cloning happened, right? In the in the old expanded universe books, now Legends, Mm -hmm. right? Stephen, and you're you're the expert here on this, like that's original Thrawn trilogy, like 101 right there. Uh, Oh man, and I'm reading the Thrawn trilogy, the original Thrawn trilogy again, and I'm like, that name does now sound familiar. Yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't the cloning facility, well, it was a cloning facility, but it was more the Emperor's storehouse, it was where he stored away all of his, you know, secret technology and uh, cool things, including cloning cylinders, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good point, the Sparty cloning cylinders, right? Yeah, yep, yeah. But I, 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 obviously, we didn't see any of it in the first uh, two episodes that we're reviewing here. But I'm, I'm hopeful 
and I say this having not seen anything uh, past the episodes we're reviewing today, but yeah. <laughs> I'm hopeful if we continue this storyline and we get to see more of it. Exactly. And actually, Stephen is is representing uh, all of you listeners by and ha- has intentionally not watched uh, uh, further. So anything I- Stephen says is 100 uh, uh, percent his so speculation. When, I, when I'm laying out <laughs> right. a crazy theory about how all this is going to go down, you can take solace that I do not know what I'm talking exactly, about. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I definitely, as William said, I do it for you, the listeners, and not because I'm lazy and just haven't gotten around to watching the episodes. You've yet. been busy. You've had a lot going on. <laughs> Everybody, right? There is the excuse we have been busy because you know we just got family together and everybody around so it is excusable yeah, so that's not an issue but um yeah yeah but i guess getting back to the the discussion there's no mountain I, I was really excited about mountantis i was really excited about how crosshair was left uh you know on camino and they almost sort of had like some sort of resolution between the rest of the bad batch clone force 99 and, and crosshair he didn't seem like remember he kind of like let them go at the very end mm-hmm. Um, which is very interesting for his character. And we don't get any of that in this episode. It, 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 they just, they kind of reset and they take us to this idyllic water planet where um, they're, you know, we just basically, they, they jump right into a, a, an escape when these crustacean creatures are uh, trying to attack uh, Omega and the rest of the batch. And it's a great, it's a fun scene, um, but I was a, a little it's disappointed we didn't get to Indiana well, Jones S. Yeah. Well, it's it's Indiana Jones X, but the one thing that I loved the most was the banter between um Echo and Wrecker. When mm-hmm. it's just like, you're supposed to stick to the plan, and then Wrecker goes, I got the package, didn't I? So that that banter was fun. I gotta say the animation on the crustacean things were just outstanding. Mm-hmm. Just that whole action scene, how it was directed was just so much fun to watch. And again, the banter really made it. Yeah, yeah. But at least that's kind of just how they kick off the episode. We're then quickly introduced to a new character named uh, Fee Genoa, played by Wanda Sykes, who is supposedly the most trustworthy pirate Sid knows, which um, I'm not sure that says a whole lot, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and well, can, can I throw a question out? Uh-huh. There was a part of me watching this going, I wonder why they didn't use the character Dr. Afra because she um she almost reminded me of that character. Mm, interesting. Although yeah. I know she's a pirate. I know she's a pirate, but there was something about her because she was looking for artifacts that just reminded me of that character. Interesting. She's not looking for artifacts. Isn't she looking for she's like they're going after uh, sorry, I'm also gonna laugh a little bit because they kept calling Dooku the war chest. We need right. the war chest, and it's just like no, I don't. I don't think you can use it as a noun quite that way, which we'll get to. Um, right. But no, they're after money and gold, and I really appreciate. Uh, you know, since she's a businesswoman, she knows what's coming down the line. The empire mm-hmm. is coming to, uh, what do you call it, uh, Ord Mantell, and she knows that. You know, times are going to be rough soon. Like it's right. not a not a good time to be in the pirating business, mm-hmm. yeah. and they need the war chest in order to offset that and be ready. And it's a really yeah. cool, I, I agree with you, Stephen, but it, it is a cool concept that, that, you know, of course, the Separatist army would have amassed this vast fortune, right, to fund their, uh, their, their the, the Separatist droid army. And, uh, of course, just, you know, line the pockets of Dooku and, and, and everyone else, too. Um, and so it, it's a it's an interesting concept. I think in execution, it's a little bit more 
not quite as strong as the the concept sounds on the surface. Um, but we do get I, a cool sequence. See, yeah. I'll say actually, I I actually don't have an issue with the concept. I have an issue with them calling it the war chest constantly. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you could just call it well, Dooku's plunder, or you know, well, yeah. What, no, I, I, I see what and I think it would have worked as well. It was the, the repeated calling it of, of of the war chest. I was like, okay, but like it's a war chest is a metaphysical or it's a metaphorical object. It's not right. literally a single chest somewhere. And right, obviously yeah. there's multiple <laughs> right. crates here, but like they kept talking about like we need to grab the war chest. It's like no, you're you're grabbing, grabbing a small piece of the yeah, a small like, piece of a larger collection. Choose your words more wisely. Um, right. Then again, it's Omega, like, I, and she's a young child, so you know. <laughs> I, I did love getting to see Sereno again and Dooku's hideout. And I, I think we've seen Castle Dooku in the original Clone Wars. Oh, as yes. Well, right? Oh, yeah, like, oh yeah. there are yes, massive yeah. scenes in those in, in, yeah. in there, like, you know, uh, the Savage Opress episodes. And there's some great. Okay, that's yeah. The, particularly the scenes where they're in Dooku's uh, throne room or, you know, his mm-hmm. office, maybe whatever you want to call it. I was like, this looks really familiar to me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we've seen this before. Mm hmm. Yeah, and that's the nice thing about the Clone Wars and Bad Batch basically being in the same universe. Again, in animation, you can reuse sets back and forth between the two. So for them, it's kind of cutting down expenses a bit. Sure. So well, and, and yeah. for for fans like us, I think there's definitely a, a lot of excitement. We we you know we see these uh, you know somewhat famous locations appear mm-hmm. again. Yeah. For the average viewer, they're not going to notice or, or probably really care all that much. Right. Um, but for the big fans, you know, it's a nice little callback. Um, and it also presents this very, uh, this, this, this tension between the bad batch where Hunter really just wants to lay low and take care of, of Omega. But Echo is, he knows there are other clones out there that need, that need help, especially with the destruction of Camino now. And, and, and you know they they need money both to be able to help these other clones, uh, and and should they help these other clones? Right, that's another big yep. question, as well as to just help them survive. Because right now they're doing pro, you know missions for Sid, and she's she's helped them. But you know, as we saw last season, she's not. Sometimes she gets them into trouble that they wouldn't have been in otherwise. Yeah, I'll say I. I'm hopeful one of the things we tackle in this season, and again, having no knowledge of whether this comes true or not. Um, but I really want to see the Bad Batch start to wrestle with the fact that they're uh, a military outfit, which, you know, expects to be supplied by military means. But that is mm-hmm. very much not how uh, what is going to be available to them going forward. Right. Um, they're not going to get top line equipment, mm-hmm. I assume. You know, they're running, you know, a... Uh, Imperial shuttle that may or may not continue to function. Um, I I think it'd be very cool if we explore that a little bit further. And this episode kind of hints at it as they're looking for money to kind of fund their future. But I don't know if we're going to continue getting that, I guess. The, the one thing I would like to see within this season is more ex- exploratory of Sid's background. Because, yes, she's been helping them, but you're almost to the extent of can they really, really trust her? She has said many times that I've put my butt on the line for you. I've done this. I've done that. Or, and she's kind of hung over their head, mm-hmm. you know, their backstory. But I'd like to see more of her and ex- exploration of, you know, is she true to her word or is at some point she's going to be pushed to turn on him? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the the weakness of Bad Batch season one, I think, was just the fact, at least in my my own opinion, was the fact that they were kind of doing this mission of the week structure for Sid. There was so much interesting storytelling happening kind of behind the scenes, but the like the the main plot was a mission of the week typically uh, in in season one for for Sid, and oftentimes something that the Bad Batch wouldn't have wanted to do if they did not need the money, and so. Uh, yeah, I, I I hope that season two uh, changes up that a bit, but you know we'll 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 see as we get further into the into the season. Um, but you know, for, for now, like I guess Echo makes the mistake of basically blaming Omega for for were their predicament and having to work for Sid rather than go out and help the the clones and it's 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 an interesting point right if they were not taking care of omega they probably would be going out there and trying to rescue their their brothers and they're not and echo feels very strongly about that uh and that's why he advocates for you know going after the the war chest for you know one of the many reasons and it creates this interesting tension and eventually their whole bad batch actually override hunter and decide to go after the the war chest anyway, which I personally was not expecting. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Um, it, it was it, it was interesting to see everyone else disagree with Hunter and, and kind of veto him and his decision. Well, I, I also think the thing that kind of pushed Echo that way is it was the push. I can't. I think it was Sid. It's like, look, if you were to do this, you could basically buy your freedom. And in a way, they don't have to work for her anymore, which goes to Echo's point that now that we are not working for Sid anymore, we can go help other people and at the same time take care of Omega. So to a certain extent, Hunter's in like a catch-22. I mean, this is life under the Empire, right? There are there are no good choices here. Right. Um, but regardless, they end up you know, moving into the, the heist. We see, like I said, Sereno again. Um, and uh, we see, I guess, the Star Wars equivalent of, like, the massive container ships that go across the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> which is just a bunch of stacked containers together on a ship that mm-hmm. somehow fit together. Right. Which, but which it's is neat to see. Oh, and it, the the scale of that ship, it looks small at first. Mm-hmm. And then as it zooms, like, first you see them inside of a, a, a little container. Like, okay, it, 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 they're inside of a tiny container. Great. And then you realize that the container they're in is actually like, I don't know, 50 feet tall, probably, and 100 feet long or some something, you know, that's massive. It's hard to estimate. It's huge. It's huge. Just put it that way. It's huge. And then you, and then they, and there's like multiple shelves in each container, right? Like it's like a warehouse unto itself almost. And then it later, it pulls out more and you notice that the container ship, each container is like, it's one of maybe a hundred containers on this massive, massive container ship. And so I was just really floored by just the, the scale of the, I thought of the ship. We, I thought we've seen that before, though, that ship. I really do. I cannot remember the episode, but I, I remember something like that being shown. We may have. But I think this is the first time yeah. we've seen it up, that up close. And it was right. It was right. It was cool to see, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we we also learn that the empire basically decimated all of uh, the capital of Sereno. It's like there's aside from Dooku's 
you know, Castle Dooku, there's like nothing left. And, and in some ways it makes sense, right? It was like the, one of the headquarters of the separatist droid army, but uh, it just kind of shows the, like, like they didn't really care who it, it harmed, even the, the citizens there, everyone. Was well, that, that murdered. And that follows along with the scorched earth, earth policy. I don't know if that's still in effect in the, in this universe, but in the expanded universe, that goes along with the scorched earth policy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So of course, you know, they, 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 they steal a, a small chest and, and I think Omega just looks for something shiny, which is, uh, and grabs the shiniest tiny little chest you can find a, fr- a fraction of the actual war chest. And really the rest of the episodes is, is kind of how they, the next two episodes, this episode, and the next one is how they try to steal that key, that chest and keep it with them through various, um, uh, all the various things that happen to them along the way. Yeah. It's very much a kind of, uh, they, you know, we've got uh, Omega and her group that have one chest, and then we have Wrecker and Hunter, who I think technically get a chest, but I don't know that we ever see it after they lug it off the ship. And I then think it's, they lost yeah. it. Well, they drop it on the ground when they realize that the rest of the group have been yeah. locked into a container and they're taking off. Mm-hmm. But we never actually see what happens after to it. Like, I don't know if they recover it or if all the clones are now alerted to, you know, intruders um end up finding it um but yeah like it's like i said it's very much a you know the, the group gets separated and then each of them get challenged to find their way back to the marauder and escape mm-hmm. um hunter and wrecker kind of face off directly against the clones that are there um you know the clone efficiency as it were uh and it's interesting like i i couldn't quite tell if they were intentionally being non-lethal or not it starts that way um very clearly starts that way where you know they're like uh firing stun blast but then eventually wrecker gets uh, a tank cannon and is just let oh, moving him down left and right yeah yeah so i i couldn't quite tell what the what the goal was yeah i think at a certain point it was like to each his own and we got to get out of here and wrecker did enjoy that cannon by the way mm. oh yeah I, well and i feel like it's the they always try to go for stun blast because that really resonated last season where it's their yep. brothers, right? Yes. You know, they, they, they've realized what's happened, but, and they're, they're, they're they didn't go along with order 66, but these are people, soldiers, they fought alongside and they don't want to just kill them. And so they always used stun blasts. And in this season, I have to go back and rewatch if this was the case in season one as well, but at least in the, the first two episodes of season two, while they typically, they almost always exclusively use stun, stun blast with their their blasters, they'll also like pull out rocket launchers or other explosives, you know, and and clones are very obviously killed, you know, with crash and ships crash or whatnot, and they don't seem to care. So it's like a very situational. Uh, well, it, I, it's the same I, thing. It, it's the same thing when the Marauder was being uh, pursued. And you had Wrecker in the back, basically defending himself against the fighter, uh, the fighters. So it is a catch twenty-two. Yeah. When they're on the ground, they're able to use stun blast. When they're in the air, they really don't have much of a choice. Yeah. I, I do wonder how much of it is. Uh, I don't know. Not necessarily an homage, but like it, that strikes me as very classic, like television animation, where 
look, anytime, like, you know, anytime there's violence happening between characters, that's personal. You like, you got to make sure you're careful. No blood, no guts. You know, the the enemies that are killed are droids. They are not human, whatever it might be. Uh, but or the moment there's no bodies involved, yeah. go to town, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a pro totally understand where you're coming yeah. from. I also wonder if Omega's bow stuns or kills something I've often wondered about. You know, that's that's an it, interesting question. I don't think they ever explained that. I know when it came so to the crustaceans, it looked like they only harmed see, them. Oh, go ahead. Do, I will say we do see in. Um, why am I blanking on uh, at the very beginning of the episode where she they're they're fighting the crustaceans? It does right. break the shell of one of the crustaceans. Okay. So it can't oh. be that nonviolence <laughs> right <laughs> interesting interesting well yeah it i guess we'll, we'll see more as we go through the season but it's it, i don't know like are there are there opinions on this changing or is it like you said more television violence where if it's a real person just done them otherwise feel free to have the ship go up in a giant fiery ball no one's gonna care <laughs> um so speaking of ships going up in giant fiery balls, the um, the 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 ship, uh, the the container ship, starts to fall apart. The Empire knows where they are, and uh, of course, Echo, Tech, and Omega are locked inside of the container, and they really they can't use the escape pods they've been they've been disabled and so they decide instead to use the cargo container as an escape pod and release all of the cargo uh containers it just tumbles out of the ship it's a beautiful shot um and it gives us some tension as we go into the end of the first half of the episode like will the will the will the re-entry boosters ignite in time of course <sighs> they I, do okay i have an go issue ahead, with go ahead yeah I, I think i think i know I, where you're going with this one so, and very specifically, I say this having, you know, in my uh, truly like in order to make sure we make the best podcast for our listeners, I watched these episodes two hours ago, you know, um, <laughs> as we're recording, like, I just wanted to make sure it was really fresh in my mind. Um, and only that reason, obviously. Um, but they do this. It's I. These episodes are going to air together, which makes it which confuses me. The pods, the. The container pods get dropped out of the ship. They're, you know, Omega, Tech, and uh, Echo are trapped in one. And, you know, they're, they've gone into the container pod. Omega has said that she knows that the because of the type of ship this is, these pods have re-entry rockets. It's going to be okay. And then they're falling, and she's like, well, they would have fired by now if they had them. And then, you know, the ship is exploding. Everything's crashing to the ground. End of episode. And the next episode starts... And they, you know, there's like that half second of overlap. But instead of saying that they should have fired by now, she's like, well, they should be firing soon. And mm -hmm. then they fire and they're fine. And I was just like that. I don't know if that's what you were going to talk about, Tom. No, I, 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 I think the biggest very thing, convenient is how I felt. It, it was it was yeah. very convenient. But I think for me, the, the thing was, I expected them to fire a lot sooner than when they did, because the impression that I got is they were only going to fire when, let's say, they were, oh, 10 feet above the ground is when they were finally going to fire. I would have thought if they were re-entry, they would have fired a lot sooner than when they did. But I would imagine for tension's sake, it, it worked the way it did. Although I didn't, I didn't kind of read it the way you did between the episodes. I was looking at the, I think they should have fired by now and have it a softer, softer landing. 
Yeah, I mean, we we know the rockets aren't there. The pods aren't particularly smart because they don't seem to care where they land. No, it seems like a flaw for a container recovery system. Like, ah, it's the edge of a cliff. It'll be fine. Yeah, very true. Yeah, so. Yeah. I was gonna say that that kind of wraps up the first episode. Like it does, and, and and maybe yeah. maybe the reason you know we see that little bit of discrepancy is because as you, that you mentioned, Stephen, is because you know they were written by two different people uh, and directed by two different people. Um, Tom, since we're since we're getting into two hundred two, why don't we right? Why don't we uh, give folks a, a rundown of this episode? Okay, so this one is episode two from season two called "Ruins of War." Directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and written by Gina Lutetia Monreal. Uh, in this episode, the Bad Batch try to steal Count Dooku's war chest from Sereno. So basically, it's a continuation. They technically had the war chest, but now the war chest is part of this bigger container that now they've got to try and find the smaller war chest inside the bigger container that tumbled from orbit that is now precariously balancing on the edge of a cliff. Yeah. So, you know, I think as we were just talking about uh, the, it, the, the tension is resolved very quickly at, you know, from the end of the last episode, it's sure enough, the cargo fire, the, the boosters fire, they're saved. Everything's great, except they land on the side of a mountain and it's in a very precarious position, starts sliding down the mountain, lands again, about to tip over. It's a whole thing. Tech gets his leg fractured in, uh, very much the style of um, of Andor uh, during the Aldani heist, except unlike Nemec, he uh, he lives. Also, I, I give them points again for like, you know, they're tumbling around. Well, first of all, I feel like maybe the ship should have had like, does, should the container have like gravity plates in order to prevent this? Like, would this be an issue in space? I'm going off on a tangent now, not as important. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate them showing, you know, tech getting his leg broken and it like, genuinely hobbling him through the rest of the episode you know echo mm -hmm. has to help him escape there's a struggle to get him out of the container in the first place uh and he you know passes out and struggles multiple times throughout the episode it's just always good to see uh you know actual consequences to foolhard foolhardy decisions like you know plummeting back to a planet inside of a crate with loose cargo which now that i think about it, the clone should really have secured in some way but I'll, I'll leave that for my OSHA call that I'll do later. <laughs> Maybe that's a separatist. Maybe, you know, who knows? <laughs> I guess we don't really know where the, I guess the Republic would have, well, the Empire would have loaded the containers in theory. Well, they I, were, I, assume, you know, would, I guess if we're going to be fair, if anyone was going to cut corners on like workplace safety, we know it's the Empire. Of course. They don't have railings. You know, yeah. there's a lot, there's clearly a lot that they're doing wrong. So maybe, maybe right. it's okay. And then would the Empire really consider somebody's going to try and steal from them? You know, it's the arrogance, arrogantness of them. Yeah, I mean, Aldani hasn't happened yet, so they're clearly Yeah, that not is very true. <laughs> that is very true. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, of course, Echo, Omega, and Tech, they, they escape. They have to leave the war chest behind, which Omega is not super thrilled with. And because she, you know, is still hurt by what Echo had said previously. And they meet... A, a local who actually survived the destruction. He, he seems to be one of the few who survived um, the decimation of the city. Uh, and his name is Roman Adele, played by Hector uh, Elizondo. And this is where the episode kind of slows down a little bit. And we, we get to learn more about Roman Adele and how, 
you know, the the war chest was stolen from all the people of Sorrento. It's not just from, you know, Republic homeworlds. Dooku really didn't care. Just trying to reinforce how the Separatists, even though they turned, we talked about this in our reviews of Andor, even though the Separatists really turned into the Rebels in some way, or some of the Separatists did, many of the Separatist leadership were still, they were not as altruistic as the Rebel leaders are. Uh, mm-hmm. in that uh, they were just you know lining their their pockets um they were right in some ways but not entirely right in others uh what what did you guys think of roman showing omega that kaleidoscope toy to to me i, I understand why he did it but i think to me that was the part that slowed it down i think for me it was just i kept expecting i don't know more is maybe the word like I kept expecting that we would there'd be more to Roman or some deep message that was going to come through or you know something along those lines and I, I we just we never got there. It was, I think there I think there was yeah. a message that it was very vague, but I think it was Roman was trying to tell you know Echo it's like she needs to be a child. Mm-hmm. That's the part I got from it. Right. She needs to be, because she is still young, she is not an aged clone. Right. She needs to be a child. Here's a toy. And basically, here's the wonder of something that makes these pretty colors when you look through it. But I think this is where it slowed down because I kind of agree, Stephen. I see the one point he was trying to get across, but I think there was something else that was missing, and that was... It would have been cool if that helped with something else in the episode or something else down the road, mm-hmm. other than just let her be a child and experience being around children yeah, you know, instead of clones. I don't I don't know if I should be like uh, it's not really a bad thing, but like I'm not bashing to be clear, but like I don't know if I should be bashing the episode for being too subtle. Like, I don't know if maybe I just missed it, but I also was, uh, you know, at the end of the episode, Omega and uh, Echo have a, a quick discussion about why she wants the war chest and she overheard. And I was like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that in the first episode. Like, I thought you would, you know, talk about that more beyond where we went. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Omega's obviously like really set on getting this, but I, I never connected personally that like, huh. oh, the reason she's super set on it is because she's trying to get like, you know, make up for being a burden. Right. Um, I I think they could have gone, been a little bit louder about those themes, if that's what they were going for. I think you're right, Tom. I think you probably nailed the kaleidoscope and Roman's importance pretty, pretty na- like head on. Mm-hmm. Right. I just totally missed that while we were, while I was watching it. No, yeah. yeah. And yeah. no, go ahead, William, go ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to agree. I think that, I think a lot of times animation is a little too overt in the messaging, and some subtlety is really good um but i guess to me it kind of felt like they had an an episode and a half worth of content that was stretched into two episodes because you know all uh, what they also did is they spent some time with uh you know tech showing us how tech helps roman unlock this level two data core with history of the people of sereno and and really all it serves is to try to show both tech and the audience that the separatists were they're they're people too and they were they existed before the separatist you know the clone wars began and and try to i guess humanize them a bit which i appreciate right because sometimes we see in 
the Clone Wars, the Separatists are always the bad guys, period. And this shows, no, this, you know, they were, Count Dooku was stealing from his own people. And, and look, mm-hmm. they had nuance. history before. And, yeah. you know, look, there's nuance. And I, I appreciate that nuance, but it definitely served to slow down the story a, just a little bit more. Right. Yep. Right. Um, and I totally get, I totally get saving the history of Sereno. But the other thing that kind of made it hard is he was the only one you saw. If he's the only one, I imagine there's others. He can't just be the only one that survived on that. And I was kind of expecting to see maybe like a a, a bigger village of like maybe 10 people or somebody yeah. else come in instead of just him. Yeah. Or I would have loved to seen him interact a little bit more with the clones as well. You know, maybe hammering a little harder on that. You know, I've traded one oppressor for another kind of vibe. Right. Um, right. uh, yeah, I, this, the second half definitely was a little on the slower side. Um, I also, I think I want to see a little bit more of, uh, Captain Wilco, the kind of Imperial mm. op, uh, or the clone soldier officer. I don't know. I guess he's also Imperial too, technically. Um, but obviously he's working on trying to track down Hunter and Wrecker. We get a little bit of cool, you know, where Hunter sends his coded message that they're watching the comms, but nothing ever really comes of that either. Mm-hmm. And then they all get rescued. They lose the war chest, and yeah, you know, ta-da! We're done with the episode. Yeah, they they all go on happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I I did like the there's a nice action right with hunt with uh, Hunter and uh, and Wrecker trying to uh, outrun Captain Wilco's search team, and we see them you know exploring some downed AAT tanks. And uh, Wrecker creates a, a cannon to shoot down the V-wing. Like there's is some there's some really nice moments in there, uh, for sure. Uh, and of yeah. course, Echo, uh, sorry, Omega going back to retrieve their war chest was not super surprising. I think that was mm-hmm. it was obvious she was going to do that from the minute she you know left and kind of looked back down at the war chest. And we get a very brief resolution between Echo and. Uh, uh, sorry, oh, I keep saying Echo Omega, uh, and uh, and Echo, but um, you know, and he, or he says, you know, he'd do it all again. But it, it it's a nice action sequence, especially with the you know, crates starting to f- slide further down the side of the mountain and and everything. Um, but yeah, I guess it was just uh, a, a little bit. I don't know. I guess for a. For me, for a premiere, it doesn't really set up the rest of the season all that mm-hmm. much. It yep. just gives us some more time with the Bad Batch. And it feels like an episode you'd have in the middle of a season rather than right. kicking things off and getting you excited about season two. Because season two has a lot of exciting things. Um, but I feel like this is a little bit more of a muted beginning. Yeah, but you have to admit the ending of it catches you completely off guard because the one character I loved from the first season going into the season again, I want to see what happens to vice Admiral Rampart. I really, really felt that if you're not going to have Tarkin in this series, be like a main Imperial villain, he's ramping up to be the main Imperial villain in this series. He's ramparting up. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's ramparting up to, you know, I, I no you I, that's how I feel I mean oh no you're I it's a Go great ahead, we were you know we were talking about like the 
you know, were they doing stun blast because, you know, it's a television show. That was kind of where my head was at going into the finale. Right. The kind of final scene. And this, the final, like, just, you know, Rampart comes up to Captain Wilco. He's like, yeah, uh, I, I saw something in your report about, you know, Clone Force 99. That would not be good because, uh, you know, I said Clone Force 99 was dead and I'd get in trouble. And Captain mm-hmm. Wilco's like, yeah, I'm not going to change my report. And Rampart just shoots him. It's just a shot and then a long shot of his body tumbling down a cliff. Yeah. And for me, that was just like, right that okay we were doing sunblast because we were trying to avoid being you know be kid friendly or however you want to describe like nope that was just that is a choice i think on the part of clone force 99 Mm -hmm. uh and yeah uh captain wilco didn't you know rip loyal imperial soldier not having a good day but you see that that's another (laughs) great ending though that was a great ending but the funny fantastic fantastic ending he still could have stunned him because he still would have been able to fall to his death he really didn't have to kill him but my god like I said, if you want to see a character take over from Tarkin in this series, since I don't know if they are trying to play Tarkin very, you know, um, being in the background and not really forcing him out there, Vice Admiral Rampart is the perfect pl- perfect person to replace him. Oh, for sure. And Just the brutality. 100%. Yeah, yeah and brutality you, have, you have to be careful, incredible. right? Because with someone like Tarkin or Vader, it, right. and we learned this in like Rebels, right? If if the if the villain just keeps losing, they begin to feel weak. And right. this is something they even talked about during the Clone Wars, right? Grievous can't be the constant villain, or Dooku can't be the constant villain, because if they keep losing and losing and losing, uh, it doesn't look good. And you start you don't fear them anymore. And they they tried to solve that even more in Rebels, giving us a variety of villains. Um, and I think this does you know Rampart is the guy who can he's supposed to be able to be a little more disposable. He can take the blame. He can, he can fail Mm -hmm. and have Tarkin invader mad at him. And so I think that's exactly why he exists so that, right. You know, and he can be brutal at this point in the, in the story that you really, you can see, but you're not supposed to see at this point with the other two characters and he can get away with all this kind of stuff. Love this character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's great. And it's, it's a it's a great ending. And I don't know, I guess I thought the I thought the premiere was it was good. It was enjoyable. I think after the high that is Andor, um, it was a little bit of a bummer to be a little bit more episodic uh, and a, a little bit not and not really pick up the exciting plot threads from the end of season one. And I get it. I'm sure they will they will return to that. Um, but my initial notes after I watched the episode was like, oh, man, why? there's no. No crosshair, no Mount Tantus, no, you know, it's just the batch running away. And yes, we could see Count Dooku's um, castle again, which is awesome. There's there's different things we get. That's fun. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was, I would have loved to see just a bit, a bit more. Mm-hmm. If, if you had to, I don't know, William, give it a rating. Where Ooh. where would you end up? Yeah, where, uh, where would you put the two episodes? I think combined. This is, this is one. Yeah, combined. As a premiere, a season premiere, I think I'd give it like a six and a half out of ten. It was decent. It was enjoyable. I love seeing the Bad Batch. They're great characters. The animation is beautiful. Um, and the action is fun. The uh, it, It's just the... I think it. this would have worked better like two to three episodes in than as a premiere. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times the season premiere, you kind of want to set the stage. Like, what is the Bad Batch's goal for this season, right? What are they going to be doing? What's their mission? And they kind of allude to 
at the beginning where maybe it's related to money problems, but that's exactly the same thing as season one. Right. right? Um, What is the, are they trying to do something? What's their objective? Uh, I I guess I wish we had a little bit more of that. And so, yes, I guess I I give the, the first episode, the first two episodes uh, combined six and a half uh, womp rats out of 10. And these womp rats, um, they're, uh, they're hanging out with those crustaceans at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the episode. Um, just, you know, they're, they're friends. That's it. Cool. Yeah. Seems reasonable. Tom. Um, I'm going to give this one a seven. Um, I think for me, I kind of see where they want to try and push that, push the episodes. I think the biggest thing for me is the, the note that they hit on a lot was if you get this war chest, you're going to have your freedom. Okay. You'll be out from Sid. You can do whatever you want. You you don't have to be, you know, mercenaries anymore. You can go live a life. I think that's what they're trying to do or trying to set a tone. How the rest of the season goes, we shall see. Um, I think for me, the, the weakness was in the second episode, I agree. It it seemed like this could have been done in like 45 minutes instead of two half-hour episodes. And they could have shortened the second episode a bit and love the idea of the kaleidoscope, love the thought behind it, but I think there was more that they could have done with it. Um, So I think that kind of hurt in the second episode. Um, But I give it a seven. And my seven womp rats, see, here's the deal. It really wasn't Rampart and it wasn't the shot. It was the seven Womp Rats that pushed uh, Captain Wilco over the ledge. He just basically, uh, Rampart actually did the shot to make it look good, but it was the Womp Rats that pushed Wilco over the edge. That's slightly horrifying, Tom. Well, they're Womp Rats. What do you expect? And they now work for the Empire. True. Very true. So, Steven, you're up. Yeah, I guess... I guess so. Um, yeah, I've, I, I'm going back and forth a little bit. I think I'm also going to land on a seven. Um, I think you're right, William. Like I'm, I'm tempted to drop it as a six point five because as a, as a premiere, it definitely leaves a little bit to be lacking. But overall, I just, I think I just felt like no, like it was. This to me was a classic episode of Star Wars animation. Um, you know, not no fuss, just a solid, enjoyable episode about, you know, the Bad Batch, same amount of humor, same sort of battles we've seen. Um, I think in some ways, you know, it's I definitely wouldn't put it higher than a seven. Um, it feels decidedly average in a lot of ways, but that's also fine. Like, I don't I guess I could wish for a slightly more exciting premiere, but I, I think I'm OK with it being a seven. Um, but overall, solid and enjoyable as I guess where I'd come like summarize it into a couple of words. Um, and my, my seven womp rats, you know, obviously ships have all sorts of manner of creatures that sneak on and, you know, so on. Um, and there was actually a group of seven womp rats that were called the good batch. They're a good batch of cloned womp rats. And they were also trying to steal the mysterious war chest. And, uh, you know, they they jumped onto one of the containers and they were in the process of stealing it when the container ship fell apart and all the containers fell. But uh because Bad Batch was there and they were distracted, you know, they were able to get their war chest out. Um, that's not where I intended when I started this weird story, but I think that's where I'm going to end. So there you go. 
Okay. Well, this is this was fun. I look. I'm. I, I I love Star Wars animation, and I'm very excited to uh, to dig into this season more as we uh, uh, as we continue watching over the next few months. Cause we got we got 16 episodes. Um, of course, next week we're gonna continue with the Bad Batch season two, episode three, the solitary clone. It's a very interesting. Isn't that a Johnny Cash song? It might be. <laughs> might. <laughs> it's a good I question. Know. I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> but uh, but you know, th- I, I'm excited to 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 dive into this with you guys um, next week. But before we do that, before we let you go, as a promise at the beginning of the episode, we're gonna start by giving you a brief look at the uh, the episode titles, and then we'll give you our spoiler free impressions of the season uh again we're not gonna go into any details it'll be the first 14 episodes we're not gonna go into any details or spoil anything but um uh we will uh we'll we'll dive into that and give you a little uh glimpse at what maybe what you can expect you know without without getting without ruining the experience so um yeah, so I guess just just briefly, uh, the the episode titles uh, are, of course, we just had Spoils of War and Ruins of War. That's the two episode premiere, followed by the Solitary Clone. The week after, we'll have episode four, Faster. Episode five is called Entombed. At uh, the beginning of February, we have Tribe, episode six, and then on February eighth, we're gonna have a two episode. Um, we're gonna have a two episode, uh, 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 release date and with episodes titled the clone conspiracy in truth and consequences. I wonder why they're doing a two episode, uh, they're releasing two episodes at the same time. It's close ish to the middle of the season. If there's 16 episodes, yeah. that'd be episode seven and eight. And so it, <clears throat> I think it might meant to be kind of like a mid season finale would be my guess. It's true. Um, yeah. But, that, that yeah. sounds like what they would do. That's true. It, it's it, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And it, those, those episode titles sound great. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, we have uh, just one week later, we have episode nine, the crossing followed by the next week by retrieval and then metamorphosis the outpost pabu tipping point of course these are all now airing during the mandalorian season three as well and then the season finale on march 29th with episodes 15 and 16 titled the summit and plan 99 of course a a reference to clone force 99 um very some very ominous episode titles so i Mm -hmm. i'm excited to to see fully what they have in store and, uh, and dissect all these episodes with you guys. The thing I like about this, there is no break. It's yeah. not like we're going to give you a couple episodes. Oh, then we're going to take a month off. Then we're going to give you a couple episodes. Oh, then maybe we'll bring another back in two weeks. Um, I like how it's just going to be one after another. And then I definitely agree. The one in February, that's the two parter that probably would have been considered a mid season finale. And then right into, you know, those two, then right into another episode. So I'm looking forward to this. I've got a good feeling about this, how it's being set up. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah I'm, we'll see. I'm excited. Well, 
that we're going to stop there for those of you who do not want any spoilers. If you don't want any spoilers, stop there. We are now going to continue in just a moment with our our spoiler free impressions just for a few minutes of season two, or at least the first 14 episodes of season two. Tom and I will will share our spoiler free thoughts. Uh, Steven is um, he is uh, in the interest. He's, he's not going to. He doesn't want to spoil you guys. He hasn't seen him yet, so he's gonna, he's gonna. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't think you're gonna join for that one, right, Stephen? No, I'll, I'll let you guys do it. And uh, you know, after I've, you know, uh, listened to all of the episodes, of course, and watched all of them with the viewers, then I'll, you know, come back and listen. Definitely. To it. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah. we will be doing our full spoiler-filled reviews of each individual episode released as they air uh, each week. Uh, so that way, you can watch the episode and then come and listen for your this thoughts and for our thoughts and then of course when the season ends we will come back with our uh our in-depth recap of the season where we kind of talk through things in in more detail but with that we're gonna we're gonna stop here for those of you who don't want any spoilers or, or there's no spoilers either way actually but who don't want to hear anything about the season and we will continue with our spoiler free thoughts in a moment okay so again this is your warning do not listen anymore if you don't want any thoughts. Again, no spoilers, but if you don't want a single thought about the rest of what's to come, right? Do, don't listen, although we're not really going to spoil anything. So, Yeah, it, it's, it's just basically as a warning again. Yeah. This is our overall impression of the season. Um, there will be no spoilers. Exactly. So if, you, if, you'd like to, if you'd like to not hear it, you can, you can just go on to the next episode that we post. But yeah. anyway, William. Yeah. Why don't um, you start with this? Sure, sure. So as I, you know, I, I thought this was a, I really enjoyed the Bad Batch season two. It's 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 a fun season. You know, it, right. it continues a lot of what was good about the Bad Batch season one, the various ways in which we really uh, dive into Omega and her character and the relationships between them as kind of this, this, this family Mm-hmm. Uh, all those dynamics were just are really good, and we get some nice characters, you know, moments, surprises, uh, different faces, things that I think Clone Wars fans will be really excited about. That have been that you know, agreed, yeah. That I think people have always wanted to see. We finally get to address these types of things, mm-hmm. uh, and so there's a lot of really high highs in this season, and and I think as I said on Twitter, like you know, there's some there's some surprises that you're gonna make fans jump for joy. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest struggle is the mission of the week format. And part of that is coming, you know, after Kenobi and the bad batch in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit, it can be a bit disappointing at times, right. To come in and, and all of a sudden be back to the, the mission of the week, very self-contained storylines uh, as opposed to the, the larger overarching plots. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the episodes with the batch themselves are, they're fine. But I, I, they're not. I, I, go ahead. They didn't make me super excited, right? Versus, right. and I think it takes a, it takes a little bit of too long to get into some of the good stuff uh, in the episode, right. the, the stuff that's really exciting. Um, I think, but I, I still enjoyed it. You know, I don't know, Tom. What, what were your thoughts? I I did enjoy the season for what we've been able to see. Um, I think the biggest thing is when you look at. Omega with the batch. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's the, the theme of where does she fit in 
within basically you've got these clones that were bred to be soldiers and she wasn't but also because they're they are her brothers i think a, a thing that kind of makes it weak is it's the thing about the i almost want to say a family dynamic about yeah, it for sure yeah and and i can see why they need to because you are talking about omega as as a child okay and she has had no experience outside of Camino. And here she is, is getting this experience and growing as a character, but also she's getting attached. I think mainly to, you know, she's, she's attached basically to, to, to all the, all her brothers basically, but you can really see it. It's the family dynamic that it, it it's trying to fit that into a, a I'm going to say a war story. And it is a bit of a struggle. It does work at times. Um, I believe in one of the episodes that we're going to be covering that there's, there is a weak thing that I see what they did with, with something, but it was a little weak on how it was handled. Um, I think that when it gets to, cause you know that you're going to do a second season of clone wars. I mean, of bad batch, you are going to see uh, crosshair and those episodes are great. Um, I, I think the yeah. best ones are the episodes that dive into the mythology more or or dive yeah. into uh, or, or spend more time on Crosshair. Like Those are my favorite episodes right. in the season. And, and the other thing that I enjoyed about this is we are now seeing the building of the Empire. We're seeing how the Stormtroopers, yes, we saw it last season, how the Stormtroopers were slowly starting to come in and take the place of the clones. It seems like in this episode, it, it's it's kind of increased a bit. And then you're also getting a thing to where when it comes to at least Bad Batch and Crosshair is where is their place within the galaxy? Indeed. Also, I have to add the animation is just gorgeous. It's, it's beautiful. That has always been always been a strong yeah. point with Star Wars animation. If you go back to the first couple seasons, the Clone Wars and just seeing the evolution of that animation all the way to the last season and going into Bad Batch, it's always evolved. And yeah. this is still on par. Actually, this is, again, it goes the step ahead of the animation from yeah. Bad Batch of last season. Oh, for, yeah. for sure, for sure. And and there's one episode uh, midway through the season. It's a planet we've seen before in Star Wars animation. I'll just mm -hmm. leave it at that. Um, and it's uh, it looks it's astoundingly beautiful way better than when we've seen it previously. And, um, it's really, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, we also get to see some friendly faces pop up, uh, in yep. various episodes throughout the season, uh, which is really nice too. And again, I won't we say who they are, but, right. um, you do get to see some returning faces. And I, I think I wish that they were more than like, Oh, we're only going to, you know, show up for an episode and then disappear right. again. And I think that was, a right. uh, I, I, in some ways, it, it was more than fan service, right? Because I think it, mm -hmm. it fit the story very well, but I, I would have liked to see them stick around for a bit longer. Right. Most of the season is really very much self-contained. Uh, singular yeah. episodes. Um, and you know, there's some that move the larger mythology around along, and that's I think those are my personal favorites. Um, right. Uh, you know, and when they do move, move the mythology along, it's 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 awesome. It's so yeah. good. And I'm very excited to see how the, the season ends. So, I don't know, I... Overall, if I had to give it a tentative rating, now we reserve to 
read the right to reserve our you know change our final rating for uh you know afterward but i think i give the season eight and a half out of ten it's a, it's a very enjoyable season um some really great moments uh and uh you know it's not without flaws but hey it, it's, right. it's fun it's star wars animation right uh, if you love bad batch season one you're gonna love bad batch season two okay so i think right now i'm gonna have to agree with you william i think the season as a whole i'm going to give it an eight it is enjoyable. Um, you are going to, when you watch it, there's going to be a lot of stuff you're going to sit there and go, this is really cool. And again, you, you almost want to say this is the Dave Filoni storytelling. There's going to be really good episodes, and then there's going to be the ones that are going to give you that bit of a breather. It, it's the same thing here, but they are a lot of fun to watch. Bad Batch as characters. I mean, when it comes to animation, and as characters and as story, um, I would, th- this is not a kid episode. This is just basically, if you want to watch an episode just for fun and not the, these, this season's going to do it for you. It's a good season. I do give it a solid eight. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm excited to hear what everyone else thinks as they, they watch through the yeah. episodes. Again, we haven't seen the last two episodes of the season. Nope. Um, no, we I think everything is indicating those are going to be, really really good episodes they're going to be very pivotal yeah at least they're 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 building up to something great i think you know ultimately i i think the the show takes a little bit too long the season takes a little too long to find its feet in season two um but there are some really standout episodes and absolutely uh there's is a yeah i think we'll just leave it at that um but i'm excited to hear what everyone else thinks as you watch the episodes absolutely can't wait to for, can't wait to start reading and hearing the reactions when these episodes really hit the air and people start to watch them and enjoy them. Definitely, definitely. Well, yeah. thank you all for listening. Uh, so glad Star Wars is back on TV after a bit of yep. a uh, you know just like a what month and a half or so hiatus, and uh, we'll be back. It was, it was enough of a break to it give was. us a breather before it jumps back in. Yes, yes, and we'll yeah. be back next week. With our review of The Bad Batch, Season 2, Episode 3, The Solitary Clone. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.